This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Now I've seen that people are talking about the diversity in terms of race, race and other things in the top leadership of the Democratic Alliance. It was punted for a long time and with good reason. Missy, rather, June Steinhazen has emerged as the leader of the Democratic Alliance. Helen Zilla has retained a position. The uh, new people there, Jacques Smaller from Limpopo, is, of course, one of the deputy federal chairpersons. And so those are some of the changes. It was said for a while now that the expectations was Mbalintuli would lose in her challenge. But what did she achieve in that challenge? I watched her in an interview last night, and some, of course, will say she worked very hard, fought very hard, and, and challenged the status quo. I read um, Johnston Hazen's victory statement. You were saying at least she has enforced and entrenched the idea in the democratic alliance that um, leadership is not confirmed and that's not the word that was used but to that end uh, that it is contested there in the democratic alliance some will say those words were used for Kalma Mutlante at some point uh, was it Mangaung where he contested despite it being a little obvious that he was not likely to win, but at the very least it was to say the principle of contestation. Well, there's that and other things. So let's look at this broadly. We've got Professor Tenyuko Manuleke as a political analyst this, e- this evening. Prof, good evening. Welcome to Progressive Talk. Good evening, Ngamula. Good evening to the listeners of uh, Capricorn FM. Good evening, good evening indeed, Prof. Well, it was said for a long time, it's not surprising in this case, when you're looking at the Democratic Alliance leadership contest, John Steinhazen has emerged as the victor there. What do you make of that? Well, rightly observed, indeed, uh, we all expected him to win. Mm. It would have been a real shock if he didn't win. Mm. Everything was pointing to his win. He is white, he is male, and the party is uh, moving in the direction of white leadership at the moment. But he's also been an incumbent interim leader for one year. Mm. He is in the good books of uh, Federal Chair uh, Helen Zille. Mm. And so his election completes uh, the plan. Mm. We're not sure what the plan is, but we are beginning to see the shape and form of it uh, in terms of the new leadership that has been uh, uh, elected now. Mm. Uh, Having said that, I think we should also... um, appreciate Berlin to me and congratulate her for trying the impossible. Mm. Uh, she's young, she's female, she's black, and uh, she garnered 20% of the vote. Mm. It's not a bad showing at all, yeah. especially since we knew that she would never win. And also to congratulate the DA on doing all of these uh, digitally and online. We're not sure who it disadvantaged. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly a first uh, in this country. Mm-hmm. And hopefully other parties may learn a thing or two about uh, how to do these things uh, digitally. Talking to political analyst Professor Tenyuko Malek, we're still talking about the Democratic Alliance Conference over the weekend. John Steinhazen has come out victorious, but Prof was saying that maybe the plan has actually come together. Prof, does the DA 
appearing from coming from this conference look like a party that is now stronger in terms of their internal politics in terms of they are sure they're pulling one direction even on policies well i'm not so sure that you could say they are pulling in one direction but certainly a particular faction of the DA has taken, has emerged victorious. Mm. And sometimes uh, that is good, sometimes that is bad. What is good about it is that perhaps there will be less uh, disagreement and bickering Mm. at the levels of uh, management leadership uh, structures. Uh, that they will be able to pull in the same direction. Mm. Uh, that's one hopes. That that's what one hopes happen. What is bad about it mm. is that clearly the other people in the party who think differently are still inside the party, and just because you have a victorious faction does not necessarily eliminate them. Mm. Tulis and everyone and everything she represents will remain in the party. And mm. this newly emerged leadership will have to deal with that. I mean, if you look at some of the policy proposals that Balintulu was making, mm. which were rejected, for example, the suggestion that they should have a deputy a federal leader, mm. a, a deputy party leader, mm-hmm. uh, which was rejected, is an idea that uh, they should also be thinking of uh, some kind of rent control in big cities. Mm. Uh, I mean, many of the, 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 the policies, uh, suggestions she was making, all of which were generally rejected, Yes, are the kinds of policy positions that will come from a young a black woman. Mm. Uh, and that demographic of young black people mm. uh, remains in the DA, and the DA will have to look for a way to cater for the need mm, right. uh, of that demographic. All right. Progressive talk on Capricorn. We're talking here on Progressive Talk. And, Prof, so the other issue before we go and look at what is happening in the U.S. is uh, earlier in last week, a comment attributed to EFF leader Julius Malima that for some seems to suggest that there is general incompetency on black lawyers. And, of course, there's been conversation that says perhaps it's there's been an incompetent or incompetent lawyers that have been assisting the EFF. But the conversation has gone to generalizing around incompetence on black lawyers. You know, Prof, there have been this conversation for a while now about so-called black excellence and so on. What is your take on that conversation? Hmm. Yeah. You know, perhaps I will not take even half a minute. I just wanted to round off our discussion about the DA. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the DA, the DA now has given up on ever becoming a majority party, it mm. seems to me. Yeah. And uh, they've now given up competing with the ANC. Mm. They would rather compete with the FS Plus. Mm. So it seems to me their new direction is one in which they are looking for support from white people, conservative white people, even the farmers yeah. uh, with some of their policy directions mm-hmm. and from black middle class. Mm-hmm. So they are, they are, the new DA would like to see the black middle class, uh, white, uh, conservative white, these uh, very um, powerful, economically active, yeah. rich, uh, 
demographic of people in South Africa. That's who they are looking for. And they think if we get that support, we mm. should be able to influence things, even if we are not a majority party. Yeah, anyway, yeah. That, 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 it seems to me that they are directing. Yes. Now, and, and, and thank you for bringing in that point, Prof, and wrapping up that conversation that well, that well as well. Appreciate that, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My, uh, Benson Malima, now, mm. you know, when I listen to what he actually said, mm. it seems to me that he he, he was thinking that he is responding to an accusation. So it's not as if it's something that he himself started. I mean, mm. it's not like Malima called a press conference and said, come, I want to talk about black lawyers because yeah. they pissed me off. Mm. No. Mm. But but if you go on the social media, you get the, the, the impression that uh, he uh, went out of his way to single out black lawyers for being unhelpful, incompetent, or whatever. The fact of the matter is that he felt attacked. Now, whether this was justified for him to feel like that or not is another matter. Mm. But he thought he was being attacked by someone, a a reporter, who apparently had complained that how come he's got white lawyers kind of thing. Mm. And uh, he was responding in anger to that uh, perception of attack mm. by a, uh, a, a a reporter. Now, sometimes when you react in anger, you, you, you basically are talking to one person. Yeah. But through that one person, you are talking to the whole country. And you can end up saying things which are meant for one person, but which we, are, we overhear mm. because you are a national leader. And I think... He got himself entangled in that sense. He was uh, responding to a perceived attack and went a little bit overboard, especially towards the end of his statement, where he begins to say that uh, uh, some black lawyers are not not competent. So I don't see this as a particularly uh, orchestrated, rehearsed, well-reasoned attack on black lawyers from Mm. Madema. No, Mm. I don't think so. And and I've seen over the weekend uh, the minister as well was talking around this on on Sunday he was being interviewed he touched on this issue generally that the struggles that are still there for black lawyers for work and things like that. But I was saying earlier as well, Prof, that uh, there's been a conversation to which minister was this? Uh, minister Ronald Lamula was was interviewed. Well, the yeah. minister of justice. The minister of justice uh, should should actually ask himself how much work mm. does the department give to black lawyers when yeah. the department has work to do mm, mm. because uh, that's part of the problem mm, mm. Uh, and and i think that the, i hope that the minister i didn't hear him speak about this yeah. i hope that he addressed that matter yeah he was very conscious of the the challenges that are there uh, and he admitted to that extent that there are challenges that they are struggling to get work and now there's work being done to ensure that uh, black lawyers are uh, have space also to operate function and prosper perhaps um, the biggest giver of work to black lawyers is the department so yeah. he should be careful not to call the kathy black yeah. <laughs> no, indeed, yeah. Prof. Okay, but the, the the other issue, and I was going to 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 go to this, Prof. The issue around 
black excellence. Uh, you've seen it in social media in the past being punted as well, being an issue that is largely promoted. And some have said that the State Capture Commission has de- dealt a blow to those that were perceived black excellence. Where is that conversation in the country? Well, I don't know that uh, the State Commission has got anything to do with attacking black excellence. I mean, unless you want to suggest that black excellence is is equivalent or synonymous with (laughs) corruption. I mean, black That would generally not be uh, the suggestion, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so uh, the idea of black excellence and the discussion of it is very important, but care must be taken that we don't discuss black excellence as victims of apartheid because what happens to victims of apartheid Mm. is that sometimes the victims of apartheid in us Mm. uh, have so much doubt about our own ability and that uh, self-doubt and that low self-esteem shows up in us seeking to be approved and to be applauded by Alexandria, mm. especially seeking to be approved by people in white power structures. Yeah. So it is only black excellence when it is approved uh, at University of Pretoria or UCT. Mm. But when the University of Limpopo uh, produces an excellent uh, uh, lawyer and judge, mm. uh, it is not black excellence anymore. So there are, there are psycho, psychosocial issues that we need to deal with. There's absolutely nothing wrong with black people. Mm. If you go to the bench today of uh, the South African judges, yes, almost every black judge you will find was at one time or the other a member of the Black Lawyers Association, mm. which means they were brought up in the Black Lawyers Association. Yeah. If you go into the leadership circles of companies and even political parties, you'll find that many, many people are graduating inverted commas of the black consciousness movement Yes, uh, in one way or the other. They may have moved on politically mm. in terms of uh, the changing scene. Mm. But uh, so uh, black excellence is, is, is there for everyone to see. Look at the bench. Look at the people at the helm mm. of, uh, of powerful institutions in this country. So I really don't know that we ought to have any sense of niggling doubt about yeah. whether black can or cannot be excellent. All right. And uh, let me take you to other shows, Prof. I know you've spent some very good times in the U.S. of A. There are elections in the next 48 hours. What is your reading of the situation? Hey, I will tell you what my hopes are and okay. what my fears are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my my. My hope, of course, is that uh, uh, Donald Trump is not returned to office. Mm. Uh, Because in many ways, Donald Trump has been a a, a disaster and a caricature of um, whatever it is that uh, uh, the Republican Party stands for. Mm. Uh, He's the man who has called uh, African countries uh, as whole countries. Um, and he is a man who has failed dismally to lead his country during the the coronavirus pandemic, uh, resulting in the highest number of infections in the world and the highest load mm. of, uh, of of deaths uh, for any single country. So there is every reason, and he has never been able to recover from Barack Obama. He spent 
uh, his first year blaming uh, Barack Obama for everything that went wrong. Yeah. So my hope is that he is not returned, mm. but that's just my hope. Um, you, you, you had a niggling fear there. I have, I yeah. have, I have a niggling fear. <laughs> now, John Biden, yeah. uh, Joe Biden, rather, Joe Biden uh, is a veteran politician of more than 40 years. Mm. So there is nothing new for him. His age is a bit worrisome. He's almost 80. Uh, so if he gets elected, he will be the oldest ever to get elected at that age. Mm. And one hopes that uh, he is able to um, to withstand the rigors of that office. Because what you will notice in these offices is that people go in looking young and bright. And yeah. they come out looking old and dull. Yeah. Uh, he is already old and dull. Mm. So I don't know uh, if he will be able to stand it. But between you and me, and this is my real fear. Yes. As an African, mm. as an outsider to the U.S., mm. what is the real difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? The only difference between them is that the one is a caricature and the other one is a symbol of the same. Uh, so Joe Biden is not going to bring a whole world of difference yeah. to us. Yeah. He's not going to stop the wars that the USA is uh, is fighting all over the world. Mm. He's not going to stop competing with China. He will just do it a little bit more subtly than uh, Donald Trump has done. Mm. Now, I was in the U.S. two weeks or three weeks after Donald Trump has just been elected the first time around. Yes. And I went around looking for this, uh, a single American. I even wrote about it in an article. Mm. Went around looking for Americans who voted for Donald Trump. Everywhere I went, I used to ask people, did you vote for Trump? Mm. And I could not find a single person who voted for Trump. And I was there for two weeks. Mm. Everybody said I didn't vote for Trump. And I came back wondering who voted for Trump. So... <laughs> I don't trust the American voter. I, I see what you're suggesting. <laughs> I really don't yeah. trust the American okay. voter. The American voter yeah. can disappoint us again and vote Donald Trump again. All right. So I will wait. When Donald Trump won, yeah. the American embassy here in, in Pretoria invited me and many others yeah. for breakfast yeah. to hear the announcements because the time difference is that by midnight in the USA, it is it's breakfast time here in South Africa. Mm. We gathered there, all hopeful, only to learn that Donald Trump had won. We didn't even finish our breakfast. <laughs> Prof, I have to let you go. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful <laughs> evening. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that's Professor Tinyuko Waleke there talking to us there. Quite an experience he has on the American issues. <laughs> that was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.